What is up, IBT family? We have an absolutely loaded show for you tonight, highlighted by our fantasy football what ifs. Kick back and relax. The IBT podcast is ready to rock and roll with you tonight. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bump, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away, with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves, like AC never replay, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law, with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you, with they all Just one thing to say, yeah, but they don't know Something they haven't seen, I'm off that mean Joe Green It got me fading between, yeah, I got it And I got it The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast All right, all right. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Just three games remain of the NFL season, but there is always plenty to talk about from an NFL betting and fantasy football perspective. We're going to do that here on the IBT podcast in a feel-good fashion. As always, my name is Seth Wilcock, and I'm one of the luckiest human beings on the planet because I get to build this awesome community with people that I consider my family. And uh, as always, guys, I'm joined by a man who's making a lot of appearances on the show lately. He's become a staple of it, a dude who wears some incredibly loud pants sometimes uh he's our pundit who isn't afraid to take some big swings he's nicholas hoover aka hoove hoove how are we feeling tonight how's uh how's things in your world uh, it's not too bad i am incredibly stressed out with all the, all the chaos going on but we're gonna talk about it we're gonna break it down so yeah. i can calm down a little bit maybe get some opinions all the lovely beautiful people that are gonna come in give us other suggestions in the comment sections tonight so I'm looking forward to that and maybe uh, get some peace of mind. I'm with you there. I'm with you there, man. And this is one of my favorite times of year because, yes, we do have shit popping off left and right in the NFL uh, that we have to take into account from a fantasy perspective long term. Um, but it's also the time of year like we, we get out of the regular season. We get out of the in-season weekly content grind and we're able to, to start doing some different things, get the creative energy back a little bit, fire off some bets. The NASCAR season's right up around the bend. And like, I just love NFL playoff football too. There's nothing like it. It's win or go home every single week. Um, so tonight on the show, we are going to mix it up a little bit here, Hoove. Uh, we're going to start with front and center, some coaching news, some divisional round winners and losers to react to. Then we're going to do the good news of the week, followed by our between bets, make some conference championship best bets against the spreads. We got some total bets for you as well. And then headline hijinks, some fancy football what ifs. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. Hey, what is this? Ha- you know, if this happened, what does it do for fantasy football? And really, I, I think the reason I wanted to do this, Hoove, it, it, it gets our mind thinking in a different way because we're going to be blindsided here in just a couple of months with free agency trades popping off as well as the NFL draft. And we need to be prepared that everything in the landscape could shift. 
I mean, if you don't if you don't know what's all gonna happen at this point, I don't know what to do to help you. You know, you should be an expert if you don't know what's gonna happen. January twenty third, January twenty second, yeah, twenty third. I had it right the first time, but it, yeah, it's it's all chaos. You know, we're gonna make our best predictions. We're gonna try our best tonight, but a lot of times you're gonna look up all these receipts tonight, and we're gonna be far off. But we're gonna have a good time tonight, and uh, we're gonna do our best. So hell yeah. It. Hell yeah. We're also joined by the ace in our back pocket. He's our audio producer, Kyle Scott, in the back end. Here we go, Jim. How are we doing tonight? Oh, we are doing A-OK. 100% fantastic in here. That's how we're doing. We are cooking. We are cruising. We got a great show, as always. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to hear the rest of it. Hell yeah, man. And it's exciting because Kyle, I think I found someone who finally says Jim more than I do, um, which is kind of our uh, rural slang of the word John used a lot in some Pennsylvania cities. Um, but Tony Romo, I think he says more Jim more often than I do. How about that? He says he like we got to play a drinking game where every time Tony says it, the gyms are drinking a shot back. What do you think? Oh, man, that's that's that will get dangerous. <laughs> dangerous real quick but yeah i mean the gym's got to do what the gym's got to do and i mean if that's what we're doing we're throwing them back baby by sunday night there were only four games left in the nfl slate um on the season and three of them are going to be called by tony romo uh now that's down to two but so we're going to hear jim a lot we're going to hear tony a lot down the stretch it's going to be fun um guys we also have the ibt family packed into the house tonight as well this group is so fucking rad, and I'm so grateful for these conversations, whether that's us conversating offline, picking up the phone, DMing on Twitter, uh, playing in some leagues together. I love this family, and we, we can't thank you guys enough for helping us do this more and more. We're, because of your support, we're able to put out more clips, put out more content, so thank you guys so much. We got Toronto Dave in the chat already. He says he's ready to cook with some gas, and uh, Jim's going to gym. Absolutely, man. A gym is going to gym. And then we got Albert in the chat hanging out with us saying, good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Hope you guys are staying uh, warm up there uh, in, in the great north. How's it out your way, Hoove? Uh, pr pretty frosty nowadays? I don't know. But if we're gonna, before we move off from Tony Romo, I just want to point out that's my birthday twin. So I'm <laughs> big Tony Romo fan. April 21st, Taurus gang. Tony okay. Romo. So right, I, I'm, I love Tony Romo. Salute to him, man. Not the same birth year, but same birthday. And he is from Wisconsin. So we got that in common as well. So he's from dealing with all this bullshit, awful cold weather we've been having recently. And it had snow and then the roads weren't plowed right. And then it got cold and then it froze all yeah. there. And now there's just ice and it's just, it's a mess. But, um, you know, hopefully the next few days it'll get nicer. It won't, but hopefully we can be hopeful. I'm not, but we, we could try. We could try. So. We're in the thick of it. We got to take what we can get nowadays. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's jump into uh, the first feature of the night here with front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance. You'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just trying to have some fun. Ain't got to worry Another 
center. We hope everyone's had a great week so far because we got news firing off left and right here, starting with the coaching carousel that we've been trying to follow as closely as possible here um, with doing shows weekly. And that's the Raiders. They're going to be hiring Antonio Pierce as their head coach. He stepped in valiantly down the stretch for them. Five and four after taking over the Raiders in week nine. Nine years in the league for Antonio Pierce, who've won Pro Bowl, most notably as a middle linebacker. So he's kind of this other mold of head coach we're seeing nowadays. There is the offensive guru, uh, you know, the Sean McVay's, the Kyle Shanahan's, everyone's trying to find. And then there's these guys, the raw, raw. MCDC-like guys who are leader of men. And I think that's where Antonio Pierce uh, fills in there. And uh, how do you feel about it? And what's the fantasy fallout? Well, when there was an opportunity to come on the show this week, I felt like I needed to since the announcement of Antonio Pierce coming on. Because I've been talking a lot about Jimmy, about, Jim, Har- about Jim Harbaugh going to the Raiders. So in I felt like bag. I should jump on camera. I was on my bag. I dressed like him last week. So I had to come on. I had to make it right. I had to give Antonio Pierce his flowers. I had to congratulate him on camera and say congratulations to you, coach. I'm excited for you. It's going to be a, a big task going up against Sean Payton and Andy Reid and possibly Jim Harbaugh or whoever the Chargers bring, but toast to you. Um, frankly, I'm very surprised that Jim Harbaugh didn't take the opportunity to go after the Raiders because they say once a Raider, always a yeah. Raider, and yeah. he's going to a division rival possibly. So that threw, that just it doesn't make sense. That's why I mean it's been chaos lately. But Antonio Pierce deserves it. And when I wrote that article, I, yeah, there was a lot of speculation around that time. We were having fun with a fun, fun topic, you know, back then. But Antonio Pierce didn't prove anything yet. He was still just hired. And he proved it every step of the way that he's going to be a great coach. Or I, I, at least I'm excited for him. I don't know how excited you can be when you have such a big task ahead of you. But I personally am excited for you. So cheers to you, coach. I think when it comes to a fantasy football perspective, there's still a lot to sort out. It's going to come back to the quarterback for me. Is Aiden O'Connell going to be the guy moving forward? Do they spend a day one or a day two pick on someone, or do they go after someone in the free agency market once again? That's, I think, going to be the deciding factor here, Hoove, because we know they have talented pieces. Devontae Adams, I assume Josh Jacobs might come back into the fold now because he was a big supporter of Antonio Pierce and what he was doing. So good vibes out there in Las Vegas. Um I, I hope everyone's uh, enjoying this because Antonio Pierce definitely deserves this head coaching job and glad to see the Raiders hopefully get it right here. We'll, we'll see what it means long-term, but I, I think the quarterback ultimately decides this offense. Hoof. I don't see it on our show sheet, so I'll just gonna, I'm just going to bring it up. We're, we talked about the Raiders possible quarterbacks, and that's one of the things about all the chaos. We don't know what the quarterbacks, how they're going to fall out. We thought that Baker was going to stay in Tampa Bay more than likely, but now that the offensive coordinator – is uh he's got he's getting a second interview with Carolina, yeah. you know yeah. he, Baker's on, could be on the move too because he's dealing out with seven offensive coordinators already this this long in the league. So, uh maybe maybe Baker Baker for kind of fits. I feel like kind of what Antonio Pierce is building. So who knows? Maybe it would be Baker and Devonte Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs. Maybe Josh Jacobs comes back. He's a free agent. So I don't know. This Going down the rabbit back- hole. We're going. <laughs> We're going. Uh, no, I, I appreciate the thought process, and and it'll be interesting to see what the Raiders ultimately do. And I think that's kind of w- where these uh, fancy football assets w- will end up shaking out because 
if you if you drafted any of them, Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams really at cost last season, you were disappointed. So hopefully they can get back on the right side of things here in 2024. In other news here, Tennessee, they're hiring the, the Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as head coach. Uh, did an exceptional job taking over this offense in 2019. He doesn't call plays. However, Callahan is in charge of of, of schemes, and uh, he's won a lot in this league, both in the postseason and the regular season, and was even okay down the stretch with Jake Browning at quarterback. This makes sense to me. Um, I think it's a solid hire, but it is a bit of a dark horse here, Hoob, especially because we were made to believe that Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, was a shoe-in for this job. So uh, I don't think either one of us, maybe two or three weeks ago, would have said, yeah, Brian Callahan in this coaching market is getting uh, one of the first earliest jobs available. I had Brian Callahan on my top coach candidates, but not like top five, you know? Yeah. I had him like 10, you know? And that meant like, if he was going to get a head coaching opportunity, that meant the Cowboys fired their guy and that, that, that left an opportunity somewhere else that uh, the Eagles probably fired their guy. Maybe Mike Tomlin stepped away. Maybe Andy Reid steps away. Like there had to be, a lot of opportunities because I just didn't, I didn't think that he proved it, even though I heard it about him last year. Um, I heard his name mentioned pretty heavily around the head coaching cycle. Um, but Brian Callahan, I mean, they got the one Oh seven in this draft. I tweeted about it that more than likely he's Brian Callahan sitting in the same position that he was in back with uh, Cincinnati is do the draft an offensive tackle for their franchise quarterback. Or do they go get him a weapon in a top-tier wide receiver from LSU? And that's Malik Malik Neighbors. So I really don't think Malik Neighbors makes it past 107, just with uh, the offensive tackles more than likely in this draft. You know, uh, Callahan, he's worked with Peyton Manning with the Broncos, uh, Matthew Stafford with the Lions, uh, Joe Burrow with the with the Bengals. So that's, you know, what we talked about last week. Will Levis over, over uh, Bryce yeah. Young. He chose... He chose Will Levis over Bryce Young, just like I chose Will Levis over Bryce Young because he didn't even get on that plane. He wanted, he saw something in Will Levis, and he took the opportunity. So, who knows? I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful about this class. I told you that this is a good class overall. So, whoever that they pick, it's not going to be overall terrible. Like being the worst, being the worst coaching hire out of this class is going to be better than at least three or the four coaches that get fired next year guaranteed well, well now like, like like there aren't that many seats left and we, we presume hardball's heading out to los angeles uh we know bill's getting some interest down uh atlanta as well but still a lot of questions to be solved and pete carroll's out there mike vrabel's out there a lot of good coaching hired dan quinn's out there a lot of good candidates still so we'll see how it shakes out i don't want to jump too much into the weeds because things change so you know such on a daily basis in, in, in this industry so we're, we're gonna leave it at that with the coaches but Tennessee, like vibes are high down there. Honestly, if you have a Ty J Spears, if you have a Will Levis, this is good news for you in Dynasty and puts them a little bit back on the redraft radar as well. I think they need another wide receiver or a tight end in this draft class to really make this offense viable. A couple more offensive linemen as well. But Tennessee's on the up and up, I think, with this hire. So shout out Brian Callahan. Shout out to uh, uh, Amy Adams-Strunk as well. She's the Titans owner. So uh, she made this call. She wanted Vrabel out, and she gets her guy in Callahan. Um, let's talk about some of the NFL divisional round and how the fantasy fallout uh, is from there. Hoove. Chiefs 27, Bills 24, Sunday night football. Stephon Diggs 3 for 21. I think, to me, he was the biggest loser in this game. 
ultimately the bills fall flat again. And I, I think that's probably the overall headline from a non-fantasy perspective, but I was expecting them to, I was riding the chiefs pretty hard against the spread. I, I I've been riding the chiefs pretty much this entire way. Who've um, so I wasn't, I wasn't shocked, but I think everyone else was. Um, but I think a big part of it here is Stefan Diggs, uh three for 21, just not used down the stretch at all here. I mean, ter- terrible end of the season for him. And I don't know what the bills do moving forward because they can't get out of that deal. He, they're on the books for 28 million next year with Stefan Diggs coming off one of his worst seasons of his career. I mean, Gabe Davis is a free agent. I wrote about where I think Gabe Davis is going to end up. So yeah. he's more than likely not coming back to Buffalo. And it's, he's, it's pissed. Hard. he's pissed too. Gabe Davis was, was real upset after this game. He's pissed at the fans. Yeah. Yeah. He's pissed at the fans, but He's probably not going to be back in Buffalo. He's not going to Kansas City, that's for damn sure. So if you want to read about it, my article, go ahead. Uh, maybe we can put the link down below if we can find it. Maybe Kyle can pull it up or something. I'm not sure. But um, maybe Gabe Davis you. ends up going to Carolina, you know, and is Bryce Young's wide receiver one. Like Christian Kirk got that contract a few years ago. Maybe he didn't deserve to be a wide receiver one or paid like one, but it's going to be hard to get people to go to Carolina and it's going to be hard to pe- for people to replace Gabe Davis up in Buffalo because you see how cold it is. You see this last weekend, how, how much snow yeah. is up in Buffalo. Like who no. wants to live in that? I don't want to live in Wisconsin, but I still do it just because it's convenient by family. So like, like I understand why people just don't want to go, Hey, let's go to Buffalo. Even if, even if uh, Josh Allen has two homes in Los Angeles and he can try to recruit over there, no one wants to do it. You know, it was lucky that Von Miller came there. That was well, really big. Well, Diggs. was it though? Because now, now Von Miller is, I mean, did you see, like he got paid like $2 million a tackle this year. Like he was, right. he was absolutely terrible. Von Miller playing, you know, still coming back from the ACL, but the bills got a lot of, a, a lot to clean up here uh, with the cap that this year as well. So it might be turbulent here. Like Josh Allen's still always going to be a weapon for fantasy football managers. I think we'll continue to target him. Like to me, he's the one that has no flaws because if Jalen loses the tush push, I think Jalen co- comes back and regresses a little bit. Josh Allen is the locked and loaded dynasty QB one. And to me, redraft quarterback one. However, we need to figure out this receiving core. Uh, shout out Sha- uh, Sha- Shakir, man. Shakir uh, really put the team on his back a little bit there as well. So um to close up buffalo and then look at kansas city yeah go ahead who have you got some i just want i just want yeah i just wanted to double check on something you said that the biggest loser was josh allen right Uh, stefan diggs stefan diggs okay good because i was gonna i've been seeing a lot of narratives about people like bashing on josh allen and how and how this was the biggest loss and how that this is the weakest that the chiefs have ever been and i just wanted to come on camera and talk about that a little bit just because we're on the topic before we move off from it very short and sweet to me, when people say that this is the weakest that the Chiefs have ever been, it doesn't make sense for me because, to me, you look at this team and where they were throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, they got hot, and, it, and a team that gets hot like the, like the Rams. Did we really think that the Rams were better than most of those playoff teams? No. Right. You know, so in the NFC, and that's kind of what Buffalo was. You know, they were hot, and they came in, and – you always knew that because they had Josh Allen, like the Rams had Matthew Stafford, there's always that chance. Yeah. And it was very close. And like, it's not that year because you've seen it in the past. It's like since 2019, there's only been one year that the chiefs haven't represented in the AFC. And that was when the Bengals went. So technically that was the weakest that they, the chiefs have ever been. So until they lose and they lose to the Ravens, if they do, no one can really say this is the weakest that they've ever been. 
they've still made it just as far. It doesn't matter. This Chiefs defense is is really good. Yeah. And yeah. And even though the like here's another thing. People were talking about, oh well, the Chiefs have better weapons, you know. I kind of agree. I kind of agree. You know, you look at how Stefan Diggs has been playing the last second half yeah. of the year versus Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice yeah. is a better player. Rasheed Rice is a better player than Stefan Diggs right now. If you if you look at the second half right, of the season, right. so, yeah, for sure. Right. So what the weapons that Mahomes had, he did have a better team. So it's not Josh Allen. He just needs more help. So yeah, yeah. Stephon Diggs is a kind of a loser of the of the playoffs. No offense to him. I really hope he gets things turned around. Yeah, I played him in a couple of DFS lineups just with a stack. I I, I didn't think they were going to win that game, but I thought maybe they, they'd be down and have to throw late. It just didn't go his way. Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs, another great performance from him. I think he is a, a big winner here. 15 for 97 and one on the ground. Now has the most playoff rushing yards left of any player in the mix. Eric and I, we told you a couple weeks ago here on the program, we're riding a 15 to one ticket right now for him to lead the playoff in most rushing yards. So if the Chiefs can win this this week, we're pretty much going to cash that unless whoever goes against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl goes absolutely ham. So I'm really excited about that. Keep going, Isaiah. We need you, baby. Um, and then who, I think Travis Kelsey, we'd be remiss not to mention him. Five for 72 and two through the T Swift up into the up into the, the stands as well. First TD in eight games, but he's looked electric again these last two weeks. He he's been still having a couple dropsies here and there, but looks like the old Travis Kelsey. They're getting him out in space. And also too, man, like I think he's just finally getting potentially healthy for the first time this year. Like he looks sprung compared to what he did a month ago. That or people are finally showing respect to Rasheed Rice enough yeah, the- to to put him in double coverage and it's finally allowing Travis Kelsey more opportunities to be electric. It's not Travis Kelsey regressing. He's been banged up. Like you said, maybe he's fully healthy, but we're at a point now that, yeah, all the things are starting to add up and this Chiefs team is hot. I would not count out a Super Bowl rematch. I would not. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, My dad's a Chiefs fan. How can I, how can I, how can I go to that man and root against him right now, you know? So I can't do it. That man had to go 50 years without a Super Bowl. 50. Any kind of relevancy. Look, looks, like, looks like we got DD in the chat saying, hello, hello, boys. What's up, DD? So good to see you tonight. Thanks for making time for us. Um, I did also drop your off-season predictions article in the so, chat if anyone wants you. to check that out as well. So um, good to see that. Look, Also, good to see Paul in the chat tonight saying, man, hey, I'm not Paul. even worried about fantasy football next season yet, though Gibbs could be a first-round pick next year. Funny you say that. Funny you say that because <laughs> – Let's go right there, actually. Let's go right to the Lions-Bucks game. And Jameer Gibbs is actually our winner in that game, Paul. Funny enough that you bring him up here. And that was my question to Hoove. After another 9 for 71 and one performance on the ground, four receptions for 40 yards for Jameer Gibbs, looked electric, out-snapped David Montgomery, insert those rolling eye emojis. Um, where does Jameer Gibbs go in redrafts next season? If you had a draft today, Hoove, is he a first round pick? Like Paul's possibly alluding to here in the chat. I'm going to, I'm going to aim more second lock, second round lock, just because we don't know, you know, what, what all is going to happen with Ben Johnson, where he, like where he's going to go. He's yeah, probably going to leave and what this offense is going to look like. Great point. Me personally, Paul, if you want to, if you're a Lions fan, you want to go ahead and check out that link above. I talked about 
who the Lions could possibly trade for to add to that wide receiver core, and maybe that could shake up things, and maybe Jameer Gibbs doesn't get as many targets. So who knows? There's a lot. There's a long time until then. Personally, I got him more like a second rounder, but mm. David Montgomery is not going anywhere, and yep. Jameer Gibbs is showing that he's explosive. I think that people are going to lean off of what we've seen last year and that the explosive teams like the Dolphins, the Lions at a certain point, these teams that could just pop off at any point and everyone's relevant, those are the teams that are going to be more um, more draft happy on draft day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could see Jameer Gibbs going second round, but first first for, fa- for uh, fan favorites, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think I'm much more comfortable him being in that middle to back end of the second because there are going to be risks involved one being can there be regression from this brand new lions team second i think is ben johnson as well i think that's probably the biggest factor in this all uh this whole equation with gibbs so something to keep in mind as as it approaches um at this game as a whole level uh it is lions that come out victorious their second playoff win this season over there in Ford Field, the Buccaneers, they fall short 23 to 31. And um, man, like shout out Baker Mayfield, shout out to this offense and this entire group led by Todd Bowles. I thought uh, other than not calling the timeout at the end, I, I don't know what that was about. That was a little sketchy hoove. Um, but but outside of that, I thought it was a great season for the Buccaneers, a great season for Baker Mayfield. I think he got himself a, a Geno Smith level deal. So any other winners or losers for you from this game? Because I just thought it was a hard-ass fought game, and I, I thought everyone kind of walked away pretty neutral in, in my overall rankings for next season. Other than Gibbs, I think did get a little bit of a bump. In this game, I can't I can't say that anyone really had a loss. Like they, anyone was a true loser. That because this this Buccaneers team fought like hell this year. You know, everyone thought everyone thought that they were going to be one of the top three worst teams in the league, and they they made it to the second round of the playoffs. So you got to give it to them. And it honestly, if I had to, if you had to say who would do something about it, I'd I'd say that the news after the game has made Baker Mayfield kind of the loser in the scenario, just because maybe Todd Bowles is the loser. Maybe there is more losers on this Buccaneers team just because um, if their offensive coordinator goes, maybe they're yeah. forced to fire uh, Todd Bowles and promote their offensive coordinator so that there's some stability. So Baker Mayfield is more willing to come back and they can run it back with Mike Evans. So there's a lot of questions about the uh, Tampa offense right now and what they're going to do. So um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'll stay off that right now. Yeah. You're alluding to Dave Canals. He's been the Canals, first year yes. offensive Thank coordinator, you. came in for Byron Leftwich, who had a really good uh, career call in plays, won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, but they decided they wanted something different after a very pass heavy attack these last couple of seasons. They tried to run the ball more this year. They still were a damn near dead last in running the ball, but Dave Canals is getting some looks specifically from David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers. So, if that happens, maybe we do see some type of shakeup at, at quarterback here in Tampa Bay, but I would bet on everything staying packed, honestly. Um, th- that's my assumption for now. Let's look at this Packers 49ers game quickly. Packers fought like hell once again, covered the spread uh, as the underdog on the road in Santa Clara, 21-24. to 24. The 49ers, they pulled it out of their ass, man. Brock Purdy led the game-winning drive he needed to win. I know we'll talk more about Brock Purdy later in the show here um, with some feel-good headlines, but what are your fantasy takeaways from this, man? Because I I think it kind of went as we thought, at least I did. Like, I thought the Packers would be competitive. 
Um, but the 49ers ended up pulling it out as a more talented team, despite the injuries to Debo Samuel and company. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot more about the 49ers later. So I'll kind of save that portion because if anything, I wanted to take this time because I feel like a lot of teams, there are a lot of media platforms are not really showing the proper respect to the Packers that they really have deserved. And yeah. the Packers, I've gotten to see three games. This is the most Packer games I've ever gone to. And I, I just wanted to see something fresh. You know, I know how Packer games go when I used to go up there and I drive up there um, with my mom's tickets and it always felt the same, but this was fresh. This was new. And I started going into the Chargers game and that's when the turnaround happened. And, like I got it right up there. I'm a 49ers fan, so obviously I had I had a horse in the other, you know. Yeah. But anyways, uh, this team it raised my stock, you know, my future stock of a future heritage owner. <laughs> there you go, baby. So, so Jordan Love, ball dog, you know, not a raw dog, but he's a dog, man. So, um, I really like this team. And this is the first time in a long time I've really said that I, I'm a big I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers, but this the way that this team is built, I'm really kind of glad that they lost. Not just because I'm a 49ers fan, but I'm glad because they're gonna right the wrong that they that they made a while ago, back when Rodgers and them won the Super Bowl. That was what stunted the Packers is they won their Super Bowl way too prematurely. They made their Super Bowl appearance way too prematurely. You're almost seeing that with the Bengals right now that they made it too early and now they have to pay all these players mm -hmm. and they're not able to get back to what they once had because they want it back so badly. So I'm kind of glad that they got knocked out. They got that experience and then they're going to go back next year. Like this team is so, so cool to watch and to be around all the fans. And I haven't been able to say that for a while. I yeah. the Packers fans yeah. used to be nauseated. I used to say that they're like Cowboys fans and they're always like, this is our year and it never is. But now this is different. Like this is just such a, a cool vibe being around this this fan base. So hell yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, man. Hell yeah. I think from a fantasy perspective, Aaron Jones, he still has some juice. He was a winner for me. Actually, has the most rushing yards in the playoffs up to this point right now. Um, so. I think Aaron Jones, after another 108 yards on 18 attempts, he's a little bit of a winner. He didn't have much juice this season, banged up with injuries, was a pretty bad pick for any fantasy managers who grabbed him this season. But I think he's going to outlast A.J. Dillon on this team. I think he'll probably play out the rest of his contract, and he could be a, a, a value for you here next season, fantasy football manager. So keep Aaron Jones in mind. The one loser from this game, someone I think the, the Packers needed him to step up and he didn't, and he hasn't stepped up all season. It's been my guy, Christian Watson, one for 11. And man, do I feel stupid because heading into this season, I was sky high on Christian Watson. Obviously, when those uh, you know late training camp injuries crept up, I was off him. I wasn't drafting him nearly as much, but I still had my shares of him. And like Jordan Love didn't even fucking need him this year, and he had 30-plus touchdowns. And I think now Watson is very much lost in this room with, is he better than Wicks? Yes, I, I I know Christian Watson's a better player than Don Tavian Wicks. But at the same time, how much better is he than Jaden Reed? Probably not. How much better is he than Romeo Dobbs? I think he's still better, but Dobbs balled out in the playoffs. So a lot working against Christian Watson heading into this season. So I don't think they'll add much talent on offense, at least at, at the receiver or the tight end position. So He's in the clear, but I mean, he's probably like what who have an eighth, ninth round pick now in redrafts next season, if not later. 
Um, I have a share of Christian Watson, so I've I've been a fan since the draft. I that was my gem same, of the draft. Same, I loved him. Yeah, yeah. And so because I, I watched a lot of Trey Lance tape, I really liked Christian Watson. So um, I'm rooting for him. And then when he came to a local team of the Packers, I'm like, all right, I got to keep a close eye on my gym. So I'm rooting for him. And and it's hard because like if you if if this was Aaron Rodgers and he lost his wide receiver one, you'd expect him to to utilize the other wide receivers in the wide receiver room and try to establish some kind of relationship. So when his wide receiver one comes back, he can utilize both. And that was what Jaden Reed was. And he really stepped out and showed that he is talented. I'm not going to discredit Jaden Reed. Like I, we, I talked about him last week. I'd pick him over Jordan Edison just because I think that he is extremely talented and Jordan loves a baller. He can spread that ball and he can make him extremely fantasy relevant still. But, um, but Christian Watson, when he comes back, like he's still going to be in that X spot, that wide receiver one spot. And like, if you know, so. if you if you know the plays, so. you know that he's going to be he's going to get a lot of targets just from just from different routes and different openings and stuff. So Jordan hope- Love's not afraid to sling it now. Yeah, I hope so, man, because Love really likes to spread the ball around, and we saw Melton working, Bo Melton working out of that X role occasionally. Obviously, Watson hasn't been 100% healthy, and then Wicks working out of it as well, and they were both valiant. So um, shout out to the Packers. Hopefully, Christian Watson can get a little bit better. Um, I Yeah, who? what do you got? One thing. For anyone that's saying, oh, Christian Watson can't be, like, it's a bust for fantasy. Whatever you drafted Christian Watson at, that's where you should be drafted. That's where he should be utilized. Like, there's no way that you have Christian Watson as a wide receiver one on a dynasty team. If you had Christian Watson, you drafted him, you probably drafted him in the second round. And so he's probably like a flex spot in your in your offense. In you a know? rookie and, draft, yeah. yeah. So he's probably like that for your team. So, like, if he's putting up like 10 to 15 in your flex, that's that's really good. And even as a backup, like wide receiver four, like Christian Watson will be very valuable in fantasy. I, I like Christian Watson a lot next year. I'll so. probably be taking my, my stab at him in redraft. I, I bet he is probably somewhere in that seventh to 10th round range. Um, the later, the better. But I'll still probably take my, my shot because he's my guilty pleasure as well. Um, last game before we move on to good news here. Texans 10, Ravens 34. Hell, man, D'Amico Ryans gave him hell for 30 minutes, you know, really punched him, backed him up against the ropes, and the Ravens came out swinging in the second half after Lamar apparently got after him in the locker room. So good to see some maturation there and uh, him growing as a leader. But from a fantasy perspective here, the only thing I have written down in all caps, Isaiah fucking likely. What a value this guy is for the Ravens. They're paying him about a million dollars the next two seasons. Goes two for 34 and one. He actually tells Lamar after an attempted touchdown uh, catch that, that, that went too low. Hey, throw it up high next time and I got gotcha. you. He goes up top, grabs it off the helmet and uh, good, good to see that. Isaiah Likely here who six TDs in the past six games and a 75% catch rate this season. He's been better than advertised. So it, it, we knew we, we had something special with this guy seeing it in preseason in 2022. And it's good to see a little bit of reliability um, it'll be curious to see what happens here when Andrew's back in the fold next season though. Yeah. I mean, he's very talented and I don't think he's ever going to step out of that backup role. Obviously when you have such a talented wide or talented tight end, like Mark Andrews above you. So like, what would you give up for him? That's where like with fantasy football, Isaiah likely, like, what are you, you going to give up a third for him? Probably not. Like I wouldn't, 
And, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not... No. I'm definitely not interested in, in trying to go out and acquire him, I think, in Dynasty. But from a redraft lens, like, maybe you take the shot in the 16th, 17th round again, and, like, maybe they somewhat feature him, depending what happens with this wide receiver core. Like, Bateman's not really the answer, it doesn't seem like, either. And Flowers is fine, but... I don't know. It'd be cool to see if they can work two tight ends kind of in in that same style that the Eagles did a couple seasons ago when they had Ertz kind of coming out of his prime and Goddard entering his prime. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I, I like Likely, and I, I think he's someone that, you know, just keep your eye on this offseason. That's all. Don't go out and trade for him in fucking Dynasty. Don't get crazy. Um, but, you know, a, a nice piece to have. Um, what do you say, Who though? Should we kick it over some good news here, bring Kyle into the fold? I'm feeling it. Let's do it. All right, guys, let's lock in here with some good news. All right, we got some good news from this past weekend. And Kyle, how are we feeling in the back end? We got through some of the fantasy part of the show, and uh, now we just got good news. We got some betting coming up and, and a little more fantasy at the end here. Yeah, I mean, the good news is, after this, you guys might win some money. There you know, hosts, listeners, viewers, whoever, there could be money in your pocket. I hope That's so, man. Part. I hope you guys so. Can bet. It, That's fun. It, it, it has been fun. It has been fun so far. It's been a very profitable postseason. We got those futures we're still clenching on to. So uh, uh, hopefully everything goes well with that. We'll get to that in between bets here shortly. Uh, we got Toronto and Dave in the chat saying, big fan of good news personally. We appreciate you, Dave. We're a big fan of you as well. Um, Kyle, let's start out with you, man. I have no idea what you're coming out with, with us for your good news headline of the week. What, what, what's popping in the world of Kyle Scott? Yeah, so... For those of you who don't know, I happen to work for a very prestigious Division One university called the University of Pittsburgh. Go Panthers. Hail to Pitt. Uh, uh. And I recently got a sick-ass uh, letter, Letterman jacket. <laughs> Dude, it's you look like Rudy. So cool. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza has the Yankees jacket. Yeah, it's the bad boy. I feel like I feel like a like a greaser. I want to go order a malt with my best girl. <laughs> give it, give this to her so she knows I'm taking her to prom. You know, like I I feel so cool, but it's it's wool, so I'm like pretty hot, honestly. Okay, but okay, also. In other good news, uh, Pitt men's basketball just rattled off their second consecutive win in ACC play. So you know what that means, boys. March Madness is coming up real soon, and we're going all the way. Hail to Pitt. Hey, man. I uh, Hail to Pitt. I, I, I hope so. I will be rooting for Pitt. Um, Penn State is, is my favorite team in the state. Uh, However, no. I'll root for any Pennsylvania team, though. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about rivalry, so... March Madness coming up here um, in the next couple of months is exciting. I think that is some good news to share as well there, Kyle. Um, so i love to hear that, man. Who? What's your thoughts here on the threads, March Madness, any of the two? I mean, technically, Pittsburgh or uh, Penn State hasn't lost or Penn hasn't lost in March Madness since Kyle's got the jacket. It's true. That's true. 
they haven't lost since he's got the jacket. So I don't know. Maybe it's lucky jacket. Maybe they are. <laughs> I, I'll put a bet. I'll put a bet down. I'll put a little bet down on on Pittsburgh. You know who knows. Tech. I do not know what I do not think Pittsburgh is ranked very highly this year. So it's I, I Pittsburgh twelve and seven. Pittsburgh eleventh in ACC. Pittsburgh, correct? Yes. Pitt. Okay, then Pittsburgh. A little bet for Kyle. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. Magic as a jacket. He goes. You know, we, that's coming from me. You know, we got a lot right of schools. A lot of schools in Pennsylvania with a P. You know, a, a P right. is it's tough. So, yeah, it is tough. Uh, looks like we got Dynasty Pylon in the chat weighing in on Isaiah, likely saying, likely could bene- uh, could be a beneficiary due to constantly knowing what that Andrews gets hurt. He's productive. He's productive having him as a tight end two behind your tight end one. You know, at some point you'll have a top waiver pick. So, yeah, I mean, likely is a great handcuff to have him if you are in Dynasty um, or if you kind of just want to throw him on the end of your bench and redraft. But, you do know if Andrews goes down again, like everyone's gonna be dropping their fucking fab for likely for crazy amounts here uh, in redraft next season. So, drop another comment what you give up for for likely. Yeah, that's, like, what, that's what I want to know. Like, I'm not I'm not hating on likely. I'm just saying, like, what are you gonna give up? Like, a third rounder right now was Puka Nakua last year, so I could take a stab and maybe and maybe it's better than a backup tight end. So let me know. Like, I'm kind of curious. Like, yeah. fourth and fifth round drafts. So maybe a fourth rounder. I could probably do a fourth rounder. I could probably sure. throw. I throw a fourth at likely. I think. I yeah. I think a third's a little too rich for my blood. But I, I if no. I need a tight end, I throw a fourth there. And hell, even when Andrew's in there, like you can get, you could do worse at a like a real risky spot start. So, um, all right, let's go to my headline if that's okay, Hoove, and then we'll round out with you because I know we have a lot to say on that. Um, my headline for good news headlines of the week is Jason Kelsey just continues to be the best human on the face of the planet. Um, I loved everything Jason Kelsey gave us here recently retired. Jason Kelsey was at the, the bills chiefs game supporting his brother, Travis over the weekend. And dude was an absolute icon in the stands here. You can see him shirtless, uh, Drinking a couple nice cold, I think he has Coors Light. I'm not sure what kind of beer he's drinking. He just jumps down. There's ice up up there, folks. There's ice on that stadium. You can see it at a different angle. Throws the beer back in. Jumps back in. Absolutely electric there. And, and not not only that, not only that, folks, but also, I, I would like to say that Jason Kelsey. Uh, did you see what he did with Taylor Swift as well, Kyle? Did you see this? Uh, is it safe for work? What did he do to Taylor Swift? So no, so this there's this girl who wanted to say hi to Taylor. So he uh, he pops this girl up, <laughs> and. takes a picture with her like she'll never forget that moment man you gotta absolutely love jason kelsey and like we need more jason kelsey's in the world i i I just need a guy like this around he's a vibing character how about it fellas i'm gonna be real with you real quick uh if i was how old do you think that child is under 10 probably yeah 
All right. If my parents saw me at that age get picked up by a drunk shirtless man at a public event, I don't think they'd be okay with it. <laughs> do, do they know it's Jason Kelsey? Like do they know that. it's fucking Jason, Dude, I, the world's sexiest man? I think I don't think that would really matter. I don't think that would account to it. Well, your parents just aren't fun then. I mean, you're saying hi, Taylor Swift. You're you're meeting one of your idols I mean, tonight. If it's at a family event, like that happens all the time, sure. You're gonna but you're getting a picture with public. with the best offensive lineman maybe in league history, bud. Number one podcaster, bud. Fuck your parents, Kyle. Fuck oh my god. <laughs> and here I was gonna be talking to make, make out such a heartfelt moment and talk about how I went I went uh swimming with Leroy Butler. Uh, when I was a kid, and you had to ruin it with that, because with then, that uh, fucking nonsense, I can't, I can't follow that. I can't follow that with me I'm going swimming with Leroy Butler him. as a child. Huh? Where'd you go swimming awesome with Leroy? Was it in a lake or a pool? It was at. It was like a football camp that I was a part of. Okay. QB one, QB one forever, baby. TD knows. Uh, TD's still around. So, like, I was at a football camp, and Leroy Butler was one of them in charge. I, there was, I, I want to say, like, afterwards, maybe there was a Brett Favre one. But I did, I did Leroy Butler one, and our family got picked out of, like, a raffle, whatever, to to do this meet and greet with them. And we got the, the pool section inside Ooh. completely res- reserved for a night, and we got pictures with Leroy. And, like, we got to, like, do, like, a one-on-one kind of qb session with would uh, your with parents leroy also butler? hate that kyle if you went swim with leroy butler would they hate his leroy family butler? was there his family was there it was sweet you know am i in the deep end you know i, I you know are we doing dives it depends kyle. iconic packers safety drunk <laughs> i was probably like six it, okay. it's like, six it's to like, eight yeah maybe maybe all right that'd probably be fine because you know they're, they're they got an eye on me He's They're a, making sure you're cool running. He's a cool dude. Don't need to worry about Leroy Butler. He's a cool dude. Shout out Leroy here. Shout out Leroy Butler, man. I, Hall I of Famer. It. Hall of Fame I'll Leroy Butler, man. Butler. There we go. Uh, I went swimming with a Hall of Famer. That's <laughs> that's fucking sweet, man. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, here's a got Dynasty Pylon answering Hoops question. We, we would go late Ooh. third, maybe fourth, as you said, okay. only due to Andrew contract ending at 2025 with no money guaranteed. Uh, while likely could be the guy after next season, also being 23. Yeah, all right. I think we answered that. Hoove, um, let's move forward from, from Jason Kelsey. Shout out, Jason Kelsey. We appreciate you making that girl's life made, unlike her parents or Kyle's parents would be. Um, but really worrying her parents for maybe a little, and then they saw it was Jason Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, it's Jason Kelsey. It's like, oh shit, there's a giant drunk man with no shirt lifting up my child. Yeah, sure yeah, that's yeah the no. reality of the situation. I get it. I get it. I get it. I didn't take Dude, it my far. mom. My mom at my first Packer. I've tell I've told the story before, but my mom at my first Packer game I ever went to. There was a woman passed out in a stall and she volunteered me to the security guards to like help help unlock the door. And I'm like, yeah, you don't even know. It could be worse. My mom handed me off to security like it was nothing. So Jason <laughs> Kelsey being a celebrity icon, a girl dad, a lot better than what my mom did. That's for that's for damn sure. That's wait, for damn sure. Wait, like she wanted you to go on security unit and unlock this lady out of the bathroom? 
long story. But okay. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Fair enough. I was like, that's why I used. I swear to God, I like until recently. I uh, I I used to get a migraine every time I went to the Packer game because I swear to God it like resonated with that the first time I ever went. That was Brett Favre versus Tom Brady, Bill Belichick versus Mike McCarthy. And all you first rem- ever all game. you remember is the lady in the pisser who that's passed out. That's fucking right, man. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking right. It pisses me off still to this day. But I've I gotten to see some bangers, man. But I think it's it, I think it's the brat. I just I stop eating the brat. Uh, I just don't eat the brat anymore, and I feel good. So. What their brats at Packers game? Oh, the best. But dude, I just don't. I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like okay. something about okay. the atmosphere right. and the brat. I just eat a burger instead. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Hoove, what do you got for your uh, feel good headline of the week? Now, I thought that this was going to be kind of the PG thirteen comment of the day until Kyle one ups me with everything that he said so far this episode. So I got if you've ever seen the movie The Love Guru with Mike Myers, you're going to know this uh, this reference. I got Brock Lecoq Purdy is in back to back NFC championships, baby, because this guy is balling. My quarterback. QB1, Brock Purdy, is taking this team to new levels. And I'm excited. This team, the last game versus the Packers is the first time I've ever actually watched a game. And I've looked at Brock Purdy, and he's thrown certain passes that were so close to being intercepted. And it oh. gave me that, it gave me that, 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 that Jimmy Garoppolo PTSD, man. And so I didn't like that. But you know what he did? He went out there. He proved the narrative wrong. And I think the curse is over because our comeback curse, we yeah. are 1-31. and 31. We're like the Undertaker, baby. Brock Lesnar. When trailing by five or more. Is that what it is in That's the fourth right. quarter? We're not good at comebacks. We're not good at the comebacks in the fourth quarter because we're so used to being a team in the lead. But we've proved it that Brock Purdy can lead the game in the second half. I mean, I like Brock Purdy. But I'm also a big fan of Jordan Love. So you can't tell me on how the two quarterbacks were recently playing that Jordan Love wasn't playing than Brock Purdy. And that's from a big Brock Purdy guy, big Jordan Love guy. So he's balling out over a quarterback that's probably be, probably been a little bit better than he has recently in a playoff game. And people are going to still doubt this guy because he's Mr. Irrelevant. Because he's Get big out of here. Brock, baby. Big Brock LeCock Purdy. All right. Go out there. Let's get this ring. Quest for six over. Come on, baby. Let's do it. Well, and why, why does the internet fucking hate this guy, Kyle? Is it because he's the last pick of the draft? But I feel like everyone, as soon as this guy doesn't show up for a couple quarters, it, he's not great in weather. We've seen that from a couple times a season. The internet just fucking hates Brock Purdy. They bury him every single chance they get. Why is that, Kyle? Do you have any any range of reference why, why the internet hates this guy so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a question to answer this have you ever heard the question um would you rather be the best player on the worst team or the worst player (laughs) on the best team yeah we're seeing what happens when you're the worst player on the best team dude no brock Purdy's good kyle you're wow kyle kyle's kyle's one of these people that's what people are are talking that's what they're saying is J.J. McCarthy bad? No. J.J. McCarthy is Brock Purdy 2.0, so is J.J. McCarthy bad? No, no, but he was also on a great t- – like, the does argument – Does he make – I don't think Kyle is better? saying that. I think Kyle is saying this is what people are saying, and that, that is the reason. I So, yeah, do, I, I think, do the, 
people are saying, like, everyone around him is so much better that it seems like they're doing more to the, yeah. for the victory than he does. Dude, the yeah. 49ers is the quarterback. Are the 49ers in the same same issues and the same predicaments that they were in with Jimmy Garoppolo? Who oh, you're taking this way to you're taking I'm this, go- this no. is a show. This is for entertainment. Ask the answer the question. No, are they in the no. same? No, Brock Purdy is excellent, bro. I think Brock I think Purdy's a dog. Brock Purdy is a lot better, and he does make this team better. We're gonna go out and get this rig, baby. Come on, you're uh, getting me fueled up, Kyle. I think Dave Dave sums it up in the chat very well. He's polarizing because he is just like an average looking guy. And then people took a stance and now it's tribalism. Like I I, I think that's absolutely like there's people you're either in on Brock Purdy like Hoove is or you're out on Brock Purdy like most of the internet is. I'm always someone in the middle. Like, you know me. I like to jive left. I like to jive right. You know, I sw- I, I, I'm a swing guy. You know, you tell me one thing, I'm going to change my opinion. I, I've been on Brock for a while. I think I'll continue to ride him. I, I like him, man. So, um, Tim, but can I can I ask the people that hate Brock Purdy this question? Does it piss you off that the last pick in the draft can go out there and lead his team to two back to back NFC championships? And all these quarterbacks that you guys can pick in the top 10, first overall, sign all these big contracts you could bring in, and it means nothing. And you have to look in the mirror and you have to realize that your quarterback wasn't right. the answer that you, every person that you put on your mock right. draft, that's right. the next Patrick Mahomes wasn't the answer. And Brock Purdy, this is, is supposed to be feel good headlines. Who's taking shots. I'm at feeling audience, good. So. I'm feeling good. So, man. I'm feeling damn good. I'll tell you what, what my answer to that would be. Uh, it makes me mad that the 49ers are winning to begin with. <laughs> I don't care about anything past that. Yeah. I don't want the 49ers to win games. If people don't um, hate you for your success, you're not doing something right. We got Chris in the chat saying Brock Purdy as is good at what they need him to do. Great. No good. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's a great, great, uh, great point there, Chris. We appreciate you tuning in, man. Kyle, thank you for bringing your feel good headline to the table and let's go ahead. Let's get into some bets here very quickly with some between bets. <laughs> Queen, 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 queen. Bets, 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 bets. Between, queen, queen, queen. Bets, bets, bets. All right. And while Brock Purdy divides us, making money. Brings us together, baby. We've had such a successful playoff so far betting. Um, it's it's been really fun. You know, we don't get all all wins, but but more wins than losses so far. So it's been fun to be on the right side of history right now. Um, Hoove, I, I want to look at some of the bets for this championship weekend. I'm staying away from that that Lions 49ers games, to be honest with you. I think I'll have a couple player props here and there. Um, I'll probably get down on Christian McCaffrey. I took his over rushing prop this last weekend. I barely hit that, so that was nice. Um, I'll have a little bit of action in that game, but I think this Chiefs game is where if I'm going to be attacking the spread with a three-and-a-half-point spread, that's where I'm going for my best bet of the week. Um, I am taking the Chiefs minus 3.5. I've had them against the spread these last two weeks. We've made money. I, I should have had them on the, the money line this past week as well. Just didn't have have, have the nerves to do that. Um, but minus 105 right now over at ESPN Bet. 
you know, you're pretty close to plus money right there um, for a team that I think is finally getting their juices going here. And Mahomes, 10-2-1 against the spread as an underdog in his career. Andy Reid, 7-3-1 as an underdog in the playoffs. So more times than not, this is going to hit. I just have a lot of confidence in, in the Chiefs that I think they will win outright. I wouldn't be a, afraid to put the money line down here as well. But my best bet, my favorite bet, is against the spread here. Hoove, what are your thoughts? I think people are convincing themselves that the, the Ravens are the, are the team that are going to win this game. And I don't necessarily agree. I don't even necessarily believe it just because my dad's a Chiefs fan. Because when the line's at 44, that says something to me. That stands out to me. They're, that's showing something. I mean, people want to. People are going all the way to colors. They're going to colors. Yeah, I when know. The last, the last the time the 49ers and the Chiefs played, you know what it was? Miami colors. Why? Because they were in Miami. So people are going to stretch the truth, whatever they want to push their narrative. That's fine. But the truth is, is that when it's only at 44, I can think that I think that this is going to be a defensive game. You got the Chiefs defense, and you got. And you got the Ravens defense, both great defenses. Don't get me wrong. This is going to be an awesome defensive game. But I don't know. If you're asking for playmakers, like I said before, people don't want to talk about it. People are it's like the it's like the the Packers wide receiver core narrative last year. People wanted to say that these guys are all they all stink. They're not they don't have any help for Rodgers. They're all they're all guys. You know, no one's a gem. And look at what they're saying about them this year. You know, so I'm not saying the Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony or whoever's going to break out, but you look at the you at how the Chiefs match up versus the Bills. Pacheco is better than Cook. Rasheed Rice has been better than Stephon Diggs. Travis Kelsey's obviously been better than Dalton Kincaid. And so, if you're going to look at matchups between the Chiefs and the Ravens offensively, if the de- if the defense is pretty split, I got I think I like the Chiefs. And if you ask me a quarterback battle between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. You don't, you haven't almost last time that an MVP has represented in the Super Bowl. So I, I think I'm going to take the best quarterback on this earth, Patrick Mahomes. Last year, Pat Mahomes was the MVP and in the Super Bowl. But aside from Pat Mahomes, I thought it was Matt Ryan. I thought, the, I thought it was recently Matt Ryan. Okay. So, okay. So I, I take but, that back. But personally, I really do think that this 44 line means it's going to be like a. 17 24 game and you like there. you like the under here you're not expecting the, the points like we got here uh in buffalo over the weekend no i think the, I, th- I think the ravens defense is so much better than buffalo's and the chiefs are going to know that they're going to be playing against a, a electric red hot ravens team right now and they're going to do have to do their best to get back there so who knows Didi is in the chat. She's saying that she likes the Chiefs all the way. If you want to get on the money line, Didi, it is plus 154, so not a terrible bet for you um, if you are interested in that as well. But, um, guys, that'll do it for Between Bets, and let's go ahead. We're going to round out the show with with a a fun exercise here, some fancy football what-ifs in headline hijinks. I'll tell you what, Hoove, I put the, uh, the the fantasy football what ifs as the headline of the show, as the caption, as the thumbnail, and we're only getting to, to it in a, about an hour, and so I apologize for anyone this video deceives, that's why we'll, we'll do some chapters afterwards, make sure you get here, but uh, yeah, a, a little bit of funny to, to do things a little bit in reverse order today, but I, I thought it made sense to talk to the playoffs first, and now talk a little offseason. 
Um, so again, this what if exercise, yes, we're kind of calling some shots and, and saying, hey, maybe this could happen. But more than anything, it's an exercise to say, if this did happen, what would the fantasy football fallout be and, and get our mind in that process? Because there's going to be some fallout coming left and right this offseason. Uh, Hoove, let's go ahead and start with Eric's headline. Um, Eric was not able to join us today. Lost power down in the great state of Texas. So ho- hope Eric and yeah. the family are doing okay down there. Yeah. Um, Eric's headline, though, everyone's moving to Houston. And don't you just feel like everyone I talk to, everyone is fucking moving to Houston just in my everyday life. Like I, I have a couple friends who are like, oh, I want to move to Houston. It's like, have you seen rent in Houston? It's $3,000 a month, but everyone's still fucking moving there. It looks like I must be a vibing place. Um, But for fantasy football purposes, they have nearly $75 million in cap space here in 2024. Now is the time if they want to pay up for, I think, a running back, they could do that. Devin Singletary... I think is going to get a decent bag somewhere this season. He now has three seasons in a row, 800 plus rushing yards and 1100 plus total yards. So I don't think, I don't know why they'd pay up for Singletary. Who's a nice player and was really good in this Bobby Sloak system. But if Slowick leaves, they might need more of a thumper. They might need a, a more of a receiving threat. There's guys out there, potentially Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, uh, Eric thought that maybe Aaron Jones could get traded there with the Packers needing to shed some salary. So, what are your thoughts about the Texans acquiring potentially? We don't know which one, but a big name, a big name running back. And would it make you excited for for them in fantasy? Would you be going after them hard? Um, it really depends on the person, and it depends on the format, really, because we've seen it. CJ Stroud has a lot of arm talent, and he doesn't have to rely on the run game. So that's a lot of a lot of how I decipher what quarterbacks are like in fantasy. Um, Let's say hypothetically it's Saquon. I'm I'm not gonna like it as much as I would like someone like Aaron Jones just because it's a it's a homecoming wow. for, it's a homecoming for him and and I think Aaron Jones is gonna go out there and ball just because it's a homecoming. Like isn't Saquon from Pennsylvania area, like Penn State and oh, baby. Like a, we are like, right. That was more of a homecoming for him. So he's more East Coast. So I don't know if Texas is really like the place for him. Um, that's why I don't really like love the idea of it. I'm more oh, like Aaron be, Jones. He would be, I think any of these pass catching backs with him could be so lit though, because did you even see the, the play from CJ Stroud this past weekend? Who that Devin Singletary about a 22, 25 yard pass down the seam made a nice move on the defender third down and long and, and the Texans end up converting. I think, I think we could see that. And I think whoever is the running back, they didn't have a lot of touchdowns this past year. Singletary, I think had four, I think Pierce maybe had one or two. What state is Baltimore in? Maryland. Maryland. Okay. And that's near Pennsylvania, correct? Yes. Yeah, for sure. So that so that's more of a homecoming for Saquon. That's why I think that you're looking people are the top tier running backs, they're gonna want to jump on these playoff teams, these AFC championship teams right now, or close to Texans, Ravens, possibly Chiefs to compete with Pacheco, whatever. You know, these are the prime destinations. And so more of a homecoming. Saquon doesn't have to move too far. He goes to Baltimore, and Aaron Jones goes back. He's from El Paso, Texas, I believe. For, for so. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he played at UTSA. Um, for the sake of argument, if Saquon Barkley or Aaron Jones were to go to the Texans, where would you take them and redraft next season, looking at things hypothetically through the lens we have right now? I, I would say probably at least for Saquon, and he'd be a second-round pick again, and I think I'd be smashing it. 
and Aaron Jones, I think just because Aaron Jones gets injured a little bit more as of late, he'd maybe be a third round pick. And I think I'd smash that too. I, I'd I like you're getting I'd, 10 plus touchdowns from either of these guys, I think in this high powered offense, which would be awesome. I like both. I'm not going to like say like Saquon on the Texans is just bad. I just think that his ADP is going to stay the same at Saquon Barkley around like two to three. But Aaron Jones, he's probably not going to raise that much, like just because like you're seeing David Montgomery probably get drafted a little higher than him and and guys mm-hmm. like that. So I don't know. Like I think Aaron Jones in Houston or versus Saquon in Baltimore, people are going to be like, oh, this is how they're going to relieve Lamar. He's not going to have all this rushing talent. Like they're going to like lean on Saquon. And you watch like Saquon would bust and not bust, but not live up to that second round expectation because Lamar is just that dog. Okay. All right. Um, let's go to one of your, uh, what ifs here. And, uh, you know, we're kind of playing the game and have you ever watched Marvel's what I haven't, but, but, you know, we kind of stole their logo for this. So hopefully we, we don't get, uh, you know, YouTube strike for that. Um, but, uh, have you ever watched that show? I watched everything on Disney plus. I promise you when it comes to okay. Marvel, everything, okay. I am group. What if everything, okay, uh, good and good program. It's different. Okay. It's if you're a comic book fan, it's right up your alley. But if you if you're just looking for something to, that kind of fits the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's not the thing to watch. Don't do it. Like kind of like us. Kind of like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, right. we're we're the we're the what if of the of the fantasy football industry, like like uh, they are for the MCU. But with that being said, here, Hoove, what is your uh, headline hijinks for your what if? All right, we're going to do a little IBT throwback. I remember a video maybe about a year ago, and we had the song Dick Down in Dallas. And so I'm going to Rim throw down that back. Tag team dope, dope in Tennessee. Tennessee. Heck yeah. So we're going to throw that back, and we're going to do Bear Down in Chi-Town. So I'm not, I'm not going to finish it, but that's the headline. We got Bear Down in Chi-Town. Yeah. <laughs> Bear Down. And so I'm going to go with, you know, people were talking about what, what what's going to happen with Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, whatever, and the possibility of them moving down maybe and getting Marvin Harrison. But what if, and I don't want to make, I don't want to make Bears fans too excited right now, but I'd be excited for them if I was them. Imagine, imagine the possibility of them getting both Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the same draft and bringing some life back to that franchise. Oh my goodness. I mean, it would be, It'd be a tougher, tougher sell because people are going to be like, oh, why didn't you want to keep Justin Fields and, and get that chemistry back? But it's like you're getting the uh, Patrick Mahomes prospect and Marvin Harrison Jr., who is just in a in a prospect entity of his home. Mm-hmm. So that that is good. You are seeing Jordan Love already is making it making it this far into the playoffs. You're seeing Detroit Lions are there, and Kirk Cousins is probably going to be back, and maybe they're drafting quarterback this year. The Bears can't be waiting too long. This this division's moving fast, and so I don't know. Maybe Caleb Williams. This is how they do it. Would they trade up with their their ninth overall pick? They would trade up and and try to trade in that four slot. I imagine for for Marvin. I got you. I got the whole trade right here, actually. So. I just had to flip over the page. So, obviously, they had to move up. I'm going to guess 101 goes Caleb Williams to Chi-Town. They don't move down. Two, you got Drake May going to Washington. Three, going Jaden Daniels. This is a little, this is a little sneak peek to the Hooves mock draft 2.0. So, you guys are getting a little sneak peek, all right? All right, I'll get you behind the curtain. So, 
And then you got three quarterbacks going right off the board. And then you got Arizona and people are, are mocking Marvin Harrison Jr. going in there, but they have a lot more answer, a lot more uh, answers to make than just wide receiver one. They got Hollywood Brown as a free agent in my, uh, in my article that I, that I posted earlier, that they posted earlier. I talked about the possibility of Jerry Judy going there. So there's free agent wide receivers that could be going there to go play with Kyler Murray. And so maybe, maybe the Cardinals decide to move down. They're going to need a little more protection. They need weapons to try to beat the 49ers, beat the Seahawks, beat the Rams. So they're going to try to need as much talent as possible. They're kind of strapped in a tough situation. So maybe they move down from four and I got Arizona getting the one Oh nine. So you got, Offensive tackles around that range. You got Romo Duze. Maybe they do draft a wide receiver. Maybe they draft mm-hmm. Romo Duze around that range and can yeah. snipe him from the Jets. You got um, an edge rusher. Maybe they draft Jared Burse or Lado Lado out of UCLA. So then they got. It's pretty similar to the Houston, the Houston Arizona trade last year. So Arizona is more than similar to this kind of style trade. They got 2025 first next year coming from Chicago. You had 2025 second next year coming from Chicago and then a fourth rounder, which oh, is, wow. it, it, it's yeah. very similar, mm-hmm. but um, you actually got more back in, in the last one because you're uh, you're not moving back as far. They moved from the one, they moved from the one Oh three last year to the one twelve. So they're moving from the one Oh four to one Oh nine. So in this exercise, who if Marvin Harrison jr. Shows up with Caleb Williams into camp, where did like I think it just crashes DJ Moore's stock, and I think that would you know I, I mean he'd hurt anyone's any wide receiver stock wherever he goes because he's going to be the alpha. Um, is he so? Or is he a buy? Because we see with Jackson Smith and Jigba, it takes a year. Yeah, so, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is a different cat than Jackson Smith and Jigba, buddy. Like Marvin Harrison, I understand. Jr., I'm just know. saying that when they're trying to figure it out. And that yeah. there's offensive line issues. They're not. They don't have time to get him the ball like Marvin Harris. You just saw with the Seahawks, the offensive line was terrible and they couldn't spread the ball. So they kind of had to force heavy, force run it with with uh, Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I where, I could see it. Where would Kalen Williams be in your dynasty quarterback rankings? Do you think if he did end up in Chicago and he did have weapons like DJ Moore um, or perhaps Maserati Marv? I. This is the first time I I get to share this little secret. I don't necessarily love Caleb Williams okay. as a prospect. I think that he is going to be a starting quarterback for a very long time. And my comp for him is Trevor Lawrence. And so it just kind of depends on what you think about Trevor Lawrence. He's just a, a quarterback. Some people think he's top 10. Some people don't. And I think that there's going to be a lot of issues with him being in Chicago that they're going to continuously be flipping head coaches, flipping offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. This is going to stunt his development. And so I think that he's going to be um, this guy that could have been larger than life, could have been the next Peyton, could have been like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Caleb could be the next Patrick Mahomes, but he's just going to be kind of stunted just from this turmoil in his franchise. So um, with with that being said, if you have Marvison, Marvin Harrison Jr. and DJ Moore, I still think I'm taking him top seven. Okay. All right. That's uh, I, and just I want to try it one year. I want to try it one one startup. Let me see if <laughs> I can get Caleb Williams and see what he does, and yeah. I'll go from there. Okay. 
Fair enough. Um, I'll go to my first fantasy football what if, and it's Kirko Chains and Bill collab in the ATL. We're kind of hearing whispers of this right now, and I don't understand why nobody is interested in Bill Belichick, it seems like, other than Atlanta. Um, He's the GOAT, man, but he definitely needs a quarterback with him. So it'd be hard for me to think that he would go to Atlanta without a free agent quarterback in mind because where Atlanta is, they either a have to make some type of trade and trade up in the draft to get a quarterback, or you're content with a guy like JJ McCarthy or a Bo Nix. And I don't know if, if Bill wants to play that middle of the first round quarterback game uh, once again here. Um, But I think Kirk, Kirk cousins could fill in valiantly. And like, this would finally give us the Atlanta offense. We want man. 29 plus TDs in four last five years for Kirko chains. He, and like, I feel like he's finally like a more likable quarterback as well. Who I think he's finally getting some of that, that love he's always wanted because of that documentary here, quarterback here in the past year. So he's going to be 36. This is last time to get that bag. And, uh, Mike McCartney, his, uh, his manager always makes sure he, he gets it, man. He's not afraid to wheel and deal out there. So, I think Kirk, Kirk Cousins could be on the move here. I think he likes Minnesota. I think he would like to stay there. But if Bill Belichick calls you and says, hey, get down to a- ATL, and I-, I got a Kyle Pitts and a Drake London and a B. John Robinson waiting for you, like, not that it's better than M- Minnesota where you have a Hawk and where you have a, a, a Justin Jefferson, but damn, it, it could be pretty fire. And if you have a guy like Bill willing to believe in you, let's fire it up, man. Kirko and Bill, collab in the ATL. I got a suggestion. <laughs> TD fucking gets it, man. Dude, TD for president, man. But here's my suggestion. You let me know what you think. And if you're going to bring in Bill Belichick to be your head coach, you know that his he's only got X amount of years left in the league. And as a franchise, you I don't think you can invest in a veteran coach that's only around for three more years and a quarterback that's only going to be around for three more years. Especially with this young you go all court. in. You go all in, you do what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. I don't think this team is ready like that to do that. Dude, like they're, they're... I think they're a year away. I think they're a year away. But here's my suggestion instead of Kirk, what if Bill and Baker stop with their Baker shit, bro? Bill but and Baker. He doesn't Baker want knows Baker. the division. Huh? Last want... year. Last year there was a Baker's lot of speculation. Hey, the, the, hey, there was no. a lot of speculation about where is Baker going to end up, and you're hearing whispers about maybe he ends up in New England. So that's not necessarily true. Okay, Hooven. In my since this is my fantasy football what if, and not Hooves fantasy football what if. And it, it there. in my what if, if Kirk Kirk goes down there, where do you value Kyle Pitts? and uh and drake london if kirk and bill are in the building i don't draft any of them out of spite just because it could have been baker man it could have been baker uh realistically Bijan, like Bijan with baker we talked about it that he probably could finish top top 10 i mean baker or kirk who <laughs> talking kirk now I, we're talking about the falcons weapons with kirk yes correct we're you said baker correct correct oh i'm sorry Talking about the Falcons weapons. So, like, it, I don't necessarily think it comes down to Kirk with like Bijan because it comes down to Bill with Bijan. How much is Bill going to want to utilize his running backs? How is he going to split it? And so, uh, so like, you could see Bijan with Kirk being a top 10 running back still. Like, Tyler Algier could be still relevant. Cordell Patterson's done. Um, Drake London, 
he could do better. Like he's probably, I could see him teetering on top 24, but I, maybe- I, I think, I think that's right where his ADP would be in this exercise. I think he'd probably be, you know, 24 to wide receiver 26, maybe a little higher than he was this season. And I think Kyle Pitts would settle right back into that tight end five, six role. No maybe, maybe people are a little burned, but I mean, dude, you saw not what Kirk- with this class now, Kirk Cousins, I- uh, at least in a, re- from a redraft perspective, absolutely. Because I, I think that Kirk Cousins, not only did he make TJ Hawkinson, the best Hawkinson we've ever seen. He also made Jordan Reed, the best Jordan Reed we've ever seen back in the Jake Rudin days uh, in Washington as well. So I would be about it. I think I'd be maybe I'd be too hyped on him again, and maybe I'd get fucking burned, but I'd be about it. I have Brock Bowers ranked higher than Kyle Pitts and for starting, redraft, starting off the bat. Yep, not even drafted yet. I don't care where he goes. I know that he is going to do better than Kyle Pitts wherever he goes. I don't know. I don't know. He we'll could see. go to Atlanta, <laughs> and I still will say that he will do more than Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, who round us out here. I know you, we both have one more, uh, w- one more final, uh, fantasy football. What if, what do you have for us? I got one for all my Bengals fans out there, down there in Cincinnati. We're going to talk about, uh, Bengals go big with the big Apple zone, the New York Giants. So I got the Bengals. I originally, in my article, I talked about it possibly T Higgins going to another team, but in this, in this scenario, in this, what if, we're going to talk about T. Higgins being used as an as a trade asset for the Bengals to move all the way up to the 106. The drafted an offensive tackle for to protect Joe Burrow, which is probably going to be Joe Alt or Olu Fashanu out of my boys, Penn State offensive tackle. So, I mean, these guys are worth it. I mean, if you're going to have to unload T. Higgins' contract and and try to get something out of it, why not go get the best tackle? or the second best tackle because these guys and tackles are hard to find, hard to come by. These are gener yeah. these are two possible generational tackles Correct. like like the best we've seen since Penny Sewell a couple of years ago too. Correct. So, I don't know, I think that that would be a great opportunity for him. This is the trade. I got the 106 and a 2024 fourth via the Giants and the 118 wide receiver T Higgins and a 2025 third. So basically in 20 yeah. So basically they'd be moving back around and but up a year and then they'd be moving the 106 for 118 and t higgins would, so what would, do you think would, about that would you like t higgins more if he went to a different team you think you think the upside is more higher i guess a better upside with a different team the quarterback's gonna obviously be a downgrade most places wherever he goes but the volume could be an increase, kind of like what we saw from Christian Kirk a couple of years ago when he finally got a wide receiver one role as well. So um, it's interesting to think about it from T. Higgins' role. And then also the side from Jamar Chase, if this group is to be split up, do you like Chase more? Do you like Higgins more? What do you think, Hoof? I think for Chase, if Higgins is gone and they're riding with Boyd and you're looking at I got to give credit where credit's due to Joey Wright. Joey Wright was the first person that threw this idea out there. At the time, I thought he was crazy, but now I'm starting to see it. If you're going to look at the 101 in a dynasty draft, are you going to draft Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase right now? Not knowing if Kirk is back and knowing John Burrow is there. I'd try to trade out. I don't think I wanted to make that. If you had to, no trades. If you had to pick Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson right now, who would you take? I personally... I'm taking Jabbar Chase because I know that he is going to have a quarterback 
He's going to have that chemistry for multiple years. And I got to give credit. Joey Wright, go ahead, follow the the Joey Wright on Twitter because that man is a genius. He's the one that manifested that way back in, like, October. Like, who thought of that? He did. So, that I got to say it. Like, if if they do decide to trade T. Higgins, which more than likely they will. So, you'd still be about chasing. You're not worried about the offense coming back down to earth. And I I think I would probably – value T Higgins similar to what I value him now. Like I think he'll be pushed down in ADP in 2024. He was a huge bust this year, unless you somehow were able to hold on to him and get late into your playoffs and were able to ride out a good stretch at the end. But that likely didn't happen for you. And if you drafted T Higgins or traded for him, like I know some of our IBT listeners did halfway through the season when he was down bad, I mean, you're going to be burned, and I think T. Higgins would probably be, whether he's with the Bengals or not, like a fourth, you know, a fourth-round pick. He he was getting up there into the, the mid-early thirds last season. I think he'd maybe be a fourth round. You think higher, Hoof? You think he'd go higher? If I'd T. Higgins get traded to the Giants, I would draft Christian Watson higher than I would draft T. Higgins. All right, that's ludicrous. But, yeah, I, Why? It, could, it could be bumpy Why? sledding. It could Why? be bumpy. I mean, it's just... You're the number one guy. Solid You're gonna... quarterback, top five quarter, top ten quarterback. I usually like to follow the money a little bit with some things. Like I was pretty high on Christian Kirk that year, so I think I would. I mean, I've also followed Cameron Meredith money to to the Saints that one year, and that absolutely burned me, like in 2017 or 16, whatever that was. But um, I don't know. I, I I think overall, I would probably just be. Uh, I don't know. I'd be content with T Higgins if he went to a team like the Giants. I wouldn't love it with, with Daniel Jones, what he's shown us, but I think you could do worse. So I, I like this idea though. Um, I think it's a good, what if scenario, any final thoughts before I, I throw one final one at us and, and we round it out. I'm going to give a little insider tip. If T Higgins gets traded to the Giants, everyone, please trade him. If, and shout out IBT when you win your fantasy championships with all the assets that you get from it, because we know the history of the New York Giants and New York Jets stadium with the turf and just the injury history with T Higgins. It just scares the shit out of me. That is a good this, point. This is a very prime destination for T Higgins or a wide receiver to get traded to this year. So I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. Okay. We talked about the Seahawks and bears, no offensive line. Can't spread the ball. No bueno. All right. Well, it's just around the 11 o'clock hour. So I'll round us out with this. And my headline here is Braylon. Allen, no matter what, I think the Cowboys are going to let Tony Pollard walk or he comes back for a cheap change of pace role. Um, Because listen, man, they couldn't run the ball. And Mike McCarthy was harping earlier in the season on Kellen Moore and that he's happy to run his own plays because he wants to run the ball more. Well, he lied. He lied. Something happened. Whether it was either A, they figured out they can't run the ball with Tony Pollard and for whatever reason, an offensive line that's a good offensive line, but not great in run blocking. Um, so I don't know if that was it or if there was something else underlining there, but this running back class all of a sudden who is kind of thinned out Devin Neal from Kansas. He was a, a pretty hype prospect. He heads back to uh, Kansas there. And then Travion Henderson, the potential RB one in this class heads back to Ohio state. That's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out there back in Columbus. Now that they just got Junkins, uh, another great running back prospect. So it, it, it's weird what's happening in the college football streets, but Regardless, I think this makes Braylon Allen kind of the consensus running back one now. I know a lot of people like Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. He's coming off a torn ACL, though. Blake Corum, people like Blake. He's a little bit older, older of a prospect. So a lot of questions marks here. But 
I think Allen was a stud at Wisconsin, really carried through them like like hard times, man. That was not a good time to be a Wisconsin Badger fan. Loyal, never left. He could have like jetted off to some other school last season, got a huge NIL deal, but he stayed loyal. He's a great character kid. And it just works with these Wisconsin running backs who've JT, Melvin Gordon, James White, like the last three of them to be drafted. The only one that didn't work long-term was kind of Monty Ball. But outside of that, like I think the Cowboys trade up on day two, and I think they go after who they think could be the next Jonathan Taylor, which I think Braylon Allen's a great comp for him. One, I'm so glad that you brought me on for this segment because I love I love talking about my Badgers, even though they drive me absolutely nuts. I love talking about them. Two, if he goes to the Cowboys, mark it here, I will buy his jersey because Jerry Jones loves his Badgers. He got he got the grandson of uh, oh my god Barry Alvarez. Uh, yeah, UW, yeah. So I got the grandson of Barry Alvarez. If you don't know who Barry Alvarez is, he's very connected with UW football program. He was the Athletic director, I believe. Yes. Yes. So grandson of him and he brought him in and you obviously see how involved Jake Ferguson is uh, yep. to your point about the Badgers running backs. I mean, Monty Ball, Monty Ball had issues of his own, so it's not really like necessarily the Badgers program, but they are in the Big Ten. They're so run heavy and so focused on the run game. That's why these these offensive linemen, these tight ends, these running backs are all so good. And you don't need a top tier quarterback because it's not a passing off. It's not a passing conference. It's yeah. all running. You would hit them in the mouth because it's cold. It might and become it, that, but it's, yeah, as of now, yes, correct. absolutely. So that's why for all these Badgers running backs up until this point to Braylon Allen, they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of miles on them and Braylon Allen does have a lot of miles on him, but I think honestly, Jonathan Taylor had more, more miles on his tank than than Braylon Allen did coming into this point. And Braylon Allen is like my gem of the draft. I know it's hard to say that because now he's probably the RB one with, uh, with all the, everyone going back to school. But when he was like the RB three, RB four in people's eyes and people wanted to doubt him, I was all about it because he was battling through injuries. He was playing banged up and he put out some kind of not good tape and people are going to get a bad impression of him. But I know, I know what talent, Braylon Allen has, and this guy is going to be good. I think that they're going to go after Derrick Henry, the Cowboys, but if they had Derrick Henry and Braylon Allen, holy <laughs> good, that is, that's, that's Zeke and Pollard at its peak again. To, to put in perspective what you, you said there with, with the Miles thing, Jonathan Taylor had 926 total carries in his uh, three years that he was active for Wisconsin, didn't play his COVID year. Um, and then 2023, uh, with or uh, Braylon Allen in his three years with Wisconsin, 600 carries. So a big difference, a big difference, a lot lighter miles on him, and he's going to be fresh. So I think if Braylon Allen were to go to Dallas, let's say there is no Henry, let's say there is no Pollard, let's say it's just Rico Dowdle and uh, those guys in the backfield that are there right now. I think I'd probably be taking Braylon Allen. What the third or fourth round, the fourth hell round, yeah. like hell yeah, he's going to shoot through the roof. And I think dynasty, while we have no running back right now in a dynasty super flex, uh, rookie draft that we would take in round one. I think Braylon Allen lands there. He's like a top seven, eight picks. I think you could make, you know, once the elite quarterbacks and Rome and neighbors go off the board, I think then you're considering him. Braylon Allen goes to the Cowboys. He'll be the Devin Shane of the draft. You watch. I hope. You watch. I hope. I hope. He's I would. Gonna, st- he's gonna he, be the fourth. He's gonna be the late round or the the third or fourth round guy that just becomes a, a late first, 
or an early second round mm-hmm. draft pick because everyone knows this guy is going to get opportunity like a Damian yeah. Pierce the year before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Hoop, this was awesome chopping it up with you here, man. We we got to so much here on the show between yeah. our fantasy football what ifs, our between bets, our good news, and of course, front and center. So, so much goodness here. I, I'm sure we'll get a lot of good clips from it as well. We appreciate the IBT family riding with us. Uh, we got Dave saying shout out Joey Wright, shout out Jordan Reed. We appreciate you, Dave, everyone in the chat with us. Um, a lot more good content coming for you. We're working on some really cool stuff here for the next season of the show uh, once the Super Bowl ends. But until then, guys, enjoy your conference championships. Come out, support us here at IBT. Thank you for all the support already. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, until next time, you guys know what to do. Keep it in between. Thank you.